Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We're talking about what I believe is one of the most silent of all the killers that we're gonna be talking about that I feel like is destroying so many people, and it's this. We're, talking, we're gonna be talking about anxiety. And so anxiety. Um, but let me be really crystal clear before we jump into the message that I'm not an expert. Um, I come very humbly knowing that it's my assignment to go to God, see what God's word says, to make sure that I'm educating myself the best that I can, but I make no bones about it. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. And I'm not a counselor. I'm not a professional counselor. I'm not a doctor. I'm a pastor. And I believe that my job is to lead you to God. And I do believe that he does have all the answers. And so I just want to make sure that you know that when I approach subjects like this, I, I come very humbly knowing that I'm not an expert, but I am a pastor. And I do believe that God's word has a lot to say. And I'm excited to dig in that with you today. Okay, let's pray. Let's invite God in, uh, and then we'll jump right into the message. God, we love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for the wonderful snow that was so beautiful walking in the church today. And God, right now, we declare that we do not want to play games. We don't want to play church. We don't want to come in here and leave the same way. God, our heart's desire is that we walk out of here different. And so, God, we don't need to hear from a man. We need to hear from you. And so, God, we open up our minds and our heart and our ears and our eyes, God, to see you. We need to hear from you. We need to hear directly from heaven. God, we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. We love you and we thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, um, I want to start just by answering this question of what is anxiety. And the, the truth is, it was really hard to find a definition. So I, I really tried to look and search and kind of come up. And here's the best definition that I can come up with, is that anxiety is having an unidentified amount of stress, worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about things that feel out of our control, that have the assumption of a negative outcome. So it's a lot of times that we're thinking about something that we can't control. We're worrying and stressed and weighed down by things that we can't control. And the only way that we can see those things happening is a negative outcome. A lot of times it's commonly associated with a psychologic, like, like, a, like, a, like a psychologist term known as ruminating. And ruminating is like this cycle of thought. It's this constant self-talk that's in your mind. And you're constantly saying these things and having these conversations internally over and over. It's actually where, like, we, it's actually compared to cows that are chewing the cud. And so it's like how cows, you ever see them just, just chewing the cud, and then they swallow it, then they regurgitate it, they chew it some more, they re, like, that is what this term ruminating means. It's this constantly cycle of, of, of kind of self-talk and this thought. And anxiety, truthfully, it's an epidemic. When I did studying over the, over the last few weeks, it's actually the number one, get this, number one mental health problem in America. And more than 75% of adults consider themselves to be highly stressed, three out of four. 
And moreover, 40 million American adults are affected by anxiety disorders. So what that tells me is that there's a lot of people in this room today that that's you or it's for sure somebody that you know and care about very deeply. So I believe that this message can be for every single one of us. And I I found this out, that the average teenager, so the average junior high and high school student has the same level of anxiety as a, psychi- as, a, as a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. That anxiety is the number one reason for sickness and disease in our country, that 60% of all sickness and disease have their root in our stress and anxiety level. So what's causing all of this stress, all of this anxiety in our lives. And so we wrote down, and the number one thing by far, if you do any study and research, is the number one thing is relationships. It's this running list of things, like the relationships, the people in our lives, it could be you know, family, it could be parents, it could be brothers, sisters, it could be friends, it could be people that you work with, it could be a boss, but the number one overarching indicator of these is relationships, because a lot of times it's coupled with this, conflict. And so a lot of times when we have conflict in our lives, it brings so much anxiety and stress. Some of you even have some conflict on the way to church. I want to go to the nine. No, I want to go to the 11. And maybe like, why are you so late? You were always late to everything that we do. And so maybe you had conflict and then you kind of had to put on your little church mask on your way in. You know, it's like, how you doing? I'm blessed. You know, (laughs) highly favored, you know, too blessed to be stressed, you know, and, um, Maybe just conflict. Conflict causes this in our lives. Maybe some of you, because I'm married. And that causes anxiety. I'm sitting next to my anxiety, you know. Don't point, don't point, you know. Maybe it's because I'm not married. And like, I'm not married and that causes me stress. And, you know, like some of you are dating and that's causing you stress. So, you, you know, it's just matter, doesn't matter where you are. That I'm not married. I'm scoping and hoping. I'm coming to church trying to find a Christian man. And it's not happening. I'm anxious. It's today the day. Bring him out in the lobby, okay? <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's divorce that's causing it. You know, maybe, maybe you're personally going through that right now, or you have gone through that, or maybe your parents, have, and statistically over half of us, including myself, has experienced this. And it's hard. And maybe it's, it's, it's divorce. Maybe it's parenting. Come on, all the parents said amen, a good amen, you know. I love my kids. But man, parenting is really, really hard. Yesterday, my wife, uh, she literally, she looked at me. She were sitting on the couch, and she looks at she goes, I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose it, you know. Because parenting is hard. That's, that's why we have two services to give you an extended break. Just double dip in both services. Send your kids for like four hours, you know, back there. We'll try to teach them about Jesus. Um, by the way, we have a phenomenal kids ministry, and uh, we love them so much. And, um, and so, you know, maybe parenting, maybe it's deadlines, maybe it's things at your job, or, you know, I, I, I'm in school, and I've tests and papers and deadlines, and there's deadlines that we have. Maybe for some of you, it's legal problems, and I have some legal issues and some things that are going on. It causes so much anxiety in my life. Maybe it's a new church. Okay, we've all been to a new church over the last 22 weeks, all of us, okay? That's what we all have in common, and I understand going to a new church. If you're here for the first time, maybe you're like, I don't know what to expect. It can be stressful. Come in. Are these people weird? Are they crazy? Is this service going to take three hours? You know, like, there's a lot of times we feel 
like stress and anxiety when it comes to maybe a new church. Maybe it's a new job, and that brings this stress. Or maybe it's an old job. You know, it's like, it's the one I've had for a long time. That's the one that, that, that's causing me stress. I want a new job. Maybe it's no job. So basically, anything related to a job a lot of times can bring stress and anxiety in our life. Um, and probably because a lot of it is because we feel it when it comes to money. And so maybe we just don't have enough. And I have debt, and I have bills, and I have student loans, and, you know, maybe I'm, I'm dangerously close to bankruptcy, or maybe I'm getting near the end, and I just want to make sure I have something set aside for when I retire and I can take care of myself. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's sickness or something that's going on maybe in your physical body and, or maybe with somebody that you know that's just sick. Maybe it's the pace of life that for so many of us, we have so much on the calendar and not enough time to really do it and we're running around 100 miles per hour, balancing so many things, not sleeping enough and it's just pace of life seems to be crazy. Maybe it's the expectations of others and so, like, it's everybody always wanting something from me, pulled all these different directions. And I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I believe that this causes a lot of anxiety in our life is maybe unresolved sin. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to keep something hidden, or maybe I've tried to live these two separate lives, and I don't want them to ever, and a lot of times when you have unresolved sin, it can cause so much issues and problems and drama in your life because you desperately don't want other people to know. And this one, one more, and it's, this could be the biggest on the list. It's people from the South driving in the snow. Like that's <laughs> stressful, okay? Anxiety. Come on, church is fun, right? Here's the bad news. All this stuff, I can't stop it from happening. This is what you call life. So I can tell you what this message is not. This message is not me telling you over the next 20 minutes how to take these things away from your life. I can't do that. I wish I could. I'm not that good, okay? But like, I, I, I can't guarantee that your circumstances will change, but I can guarantee that you can experience those things differently. That right in the middle of every single one of those things, you can have peace and joy and hope. You can have all those things. In other words, with all this stuff happening on the outside, something different can be happening on the inside. That's why I believe with all my heart that, yes, statistically, anxiety is common, but anxiety does not have to be normal. I believe it with all my heart because the Bible talks a lot about anxiety. And so we're going to start in Philippians chapter 4. And it says this, starting in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and he says it again. And just to make sure you get it, always, I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. And here's where we're really going to be today, starting in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, here's the promise, will be with you. 
And I think these verses in Philippians chapter 4 brilliantly tell us how you and I can handle our anxiety. And it's three things. Here's the first one. Write this down. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Where it says in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. Now let me give you context because this scripture is actually a letter. It's written from a guy named Paul. And he actually writes a whole bunch of the New Testament. And he's writing to a church in Philippi. And he's writing this, get this, from a prison cell. And he's in chains and he's waiting for, for a trial. He's waiting for his trial where he has right here, when he's writing these words, he has no clue whether he's going to be released from prison, whether he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison, or if he's going to end up, worst case scenario, getting executed. Now, that's on his mind when he wrote this phrase, do not be anxious about anything. If anybody had the right to be anxious or stressed out about his situation, it was Paul. I know that a lot of us have a lot of things going on, but none of us are experiencing that. And in that context, he says, don't be anxious about anything. But some of you may be like, no, but you don't understand, Brian. I understand maybe Paul was wired that way. Maybe that was his personality. But you don't understand what's going on in my life. There's no way that I cannot be anxious. And I started thinking about this this week. And I just want to ask you a question. Would God put something in the Bible and ask us to do something if we weren't able to do it? I don't think so. See, so like a lot of times maybe we read verses like that and a lot of times we feel discouraged, but I want to, I want to encourage you. Be encouraged from that. Like this verse should only encourage you because through God, you have the ability to live without anxiety. Hey, smile. Come on, that's good news, okay? That's really good news. So right now, listen, if you're walking through the valley of anxiety, and I know it's real, statistically, it's an epidemic. If you're walking through that valley of anxiety right now, here's the truth. There is a way out. This does not have to define you or own you the rest of your life. You can truly be anxious about nothing, so tell me how. And I think the, Paul does when he goes on. So here's number two. Pray about everything. So be anxious about nothing, but pray about everything. Listen to what it says in verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Another version actually says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. The Bible says don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And, and prayer, really at its simplest form, is simply talking to God. This week, I had a chance to go to Colorado, and I was up in the Rocky Mountains, and I got to do some really cool stuff there. And I was sitting there looking around at this beautiful mountains, and the Bible says that God spoke and those existed. Now, here's the crazy thing. We get to talk to that God about our stress, about our anxiety. And you believe if he could do that with one word that he could do something inside of us when he speaks to situations that we, that blows, I don't know if that blows your mind, but that absolutely blows my mind that we can at any time talk to that God. Because prayer in its simplest form is just talking to God. And literally this verse says that as soon as you feel anxious, talk to God. Don't wait. 
let prayer be your first response, not your last resort. That right there in the middle of your stress and worry, anxiety, just begin to talk to God. And so let me show you this. I kind of found this illustration this week. And just imagine that this balloon right here is your life, maybe your heart. By the way, it's, it's red because I wanted it to be like your heart. Okay, Valentine's Day is this week, fellas. Okay, write that down, okay? Don't forget. Okay, so just imagine that, that, that this represents your life. And imagine every time I blow something inside of it, that's something that causes you to worry, that causes you stress or anxiety. And so a lot of times we spend every single day experiencing moments just like this. Just like if you saw on that screen, there's things that happen in our lives. It's called life where we experience that. Maybe we have this moment, we have something that's going on in our life and and it just continues to build up and build up and build up. But prayer actually releases it. Is that when we pray, let me see. It's kind of what it sounds like. I think when we talk to God, it's kind of what he hears sometimes. Whoa. You know. But prayer releases it. So a lot of times, like, listen. You don't have to live like this. You don't have to live with this constantly over because if you don't, And you don't, some of you are getting anxious right now. <laughs> the truth is, you could pop. And a lot of us have moments in our life where we pop. But prayer. <laughs> allows us to get rid of those. You don't have to live that way. And here's why you should pray. Like, why? Like, why? Here's the coolest thing. Because God cares. God cares about you. Whatever is in your life, whatever is, makes you anxious, whatever makes you stressed, whatever makes you worried, I want you to know that God cares. In fact, I can prove it. First Peter chapter 5. In verse 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him. That's God. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Write down this good news because that's something that we all need to have, that there's no problem too big for God's power and there's no problem too small for God's concern. So it doesn't matter whatever you're going through, whatever's happening, there is nothing that is too big for God's power, and there's nothing that is too small for God's concern. He cares. You know, one of the reasons why we offer prayer at the end of every service, and we do it, that we'll do it today, and we'll do it every single service. We'll have a prayer team that's right at the end. When everybody's walking out, you can actually come forward and receive prayer. Here's why. I'll encourage you that if you came in walking and holding something, leave it here. Go walk to somebody and be like, here's what's going on in my life. Can I pray? And you can have somebody that can pray for you. That's a reason why we do that. Because whatever you came in, came in with, leave it here. And here's going to be the result when you pray. 
Here's gonna be the result. You will experience peace. In verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, not peace from you, peace from God, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But it's not just any peace. It's not just peace that you can talk yourself into, but you will experience God's peace that transcends all understanding. I love another translation that says, it exceeds anything we can understand. In other words, that you'll experience peace that doesn't even make sense. You'll experience peace that probably you shouldn't have. You'll have peace that surprises you, where you'll be like, I know the reality of my life. How in the world do I have peace? Because before I didn't have peace, but now I have peace and it even surprises you. But get this, you can have peace that surprises even other people. It passes their understanding. You can have, I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I have a Middle Tennessee public school education. So I'll put it this way, dumb peace, okay? You can experience dumb peace. You know, this peace, this peace, get this, this dumb peace that is like an anchor for your soul, that it doesn't matter what comes your way, you can experience peace. And if you're constantly, if, if, if you're not constantly praying and talking to God and releasing those things about the things that make you anxious and stressed, you're holding on to things that you are never designed to carry. You know, God never designed your DNA to have anxiety in it. That when he, like Psalm 139 says, when he knit you together in your mother's womb beautifully and wonderfully, he never designed you with, okay, let's make it, let's make this hair color and let's do this. And then, okay, let's put anxiety in and that. No, you were never designed with that. Meaning if that's a reality in your life, some long, somewhere along the way, we picked it up. And here's what I've learned. If I'm holding on to something, I can't receive something. So like if I'm holding on tightly to these issues and worries and problems and concerns and anxiety and stress and these worries, it's really hard for me to be able to receive anything. I was reminded of this beautiful hymn that I used to sing growing up in church. And it's this, this hymn called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Anybody heard that hymn before? It's beautiful. And, you know, it says, listen to these words. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. I'll spare you my singing voice, okay? What a friend we have in Jesus. Listen to this. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything, everything to the Lord in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So be anxious about nothing, pray about everything. And then number three, think about the right things. Think about the right things. It says this in verse eight, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And here's why it's so important, and you have to get this. The first two steps help you deal with anxiety in the moment, and you can get peace. But this step will actually help you keep it. And this is how you experience peace that lasts. 
So maybe you're thinking, why doesn't my anxiety go after just praying one time? Like, why, like, why doesn't it go? See, the power of Jesus can break anxiety in a moment, but it takes time to change like a pattern of thinking that you've gotten yourself into because it always comes from a pattern of thinking. We actually talked about this in week two. Go back and listen to it when we talked about deception and we talked about how scientifically they've, dis- they've discovered these, that what they call neuropathways, that when we think a thought, it actually creates a path and the more, that, the more that we think it, the harder it is to stop thinking it. And the more that we think it, the harder it is to actually replace it and to think about something else. And so it's this kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy that when we think about it, we just keep thinking about it. And the more we think about it, the harder it is to change. And you can go back and think about that. So in, in, in one moment, in one moment of prayer, anxiety can be broken in our lives, but it takes continual thinking. You have to create new pathways about the right things, the truth of God, to reshape our patterns of thinking. And that's why in Romans chapter 12, it says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Don't do everything the world does. Don't think everything the world thinks, but let God transform you, that God can transform you. You need to hear that. God can transform your life and into a new person. You can be brand new, how? By changing the way that you think. That through God, you have the ability to change the way that you think. And it's so important because of this principle. What we think determines how we live. What we think, it's so important that we get this. And that if you want to experience freedom that lasts, it starts with thinking about the right things. Now, I know this, and I know that this stuff works because I personally experienced it with my seven-year-old son, our oldest son named Jordan. Here's a picture of my family. This is actually from our Christmas services. And Jordan is, the, is our oldest son, the taller one that's looking like right there. He's looking like right here at those people walking up right now. Hi, guys. Come on up here whenever you can, okay? Um, and that's, that's Jordan. And um, we shared this at launch Sunday, but our oldest son, Jordan, when he was three years old, got diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And that was a really hard time for our family, and we kind of had to navigate through that. Um, but, I, but I will say, before I, 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 I kind of tell a story from that stage, that what's God, what God has done in his life is nothing short of a miracle, that he's walking in so much health and healing. He's in full general education, first grade right now at, at Hyde Park Elementary right down the street, and he's a stud, and he loves Jesus. But when he got diagnosed around three years old, actually... A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of kids and people that are on the autism spectrum, one of the things that they deal with is pretty chronic anxiety because they're not able to control everything and it just kind of puts them in a tailspin sometimes. And uh, there was at one point in his journey where he was going through that extremely bad. And we as parents, we didn't know exactly what to do or how to help them. And then one day in my devos, that's what I call my time with, with God. I just call it my devos. And I was in my devos and I was reading Philippians chapter 4. And when I read that, I I got so convicted, not just to read God's word, but to live God's word. You know, in James chapter one, it says, and this is a big dream of my church, of of our church here, is that I want to make sure that we just don't hear God's word, but we live God's word, that we do God's word, you know, not just to be hearers, but doers. And so we just decided every single time that he starts to experience that, we're going to pray every single time. And so we just decided we're gonna try Philippians chapter four. And so every single time he started to feel anxious, this is what we would do. We would take him and we would take him into our bedroom away from everything and everybody. 
and I would have him sit either in my lap or on the bed beside me, and I'd have him take his hands, and we'd always do this. We'd always open up our hands. Because I told him, I said, son, right now, whatever you're holding on to, God can't take it away if we're holding on to it. So let's make sure we open up. It's still there, but now, because we're letting go of it, God can take it. And then we pray. And we pray something like, God, we're upset. We're confused. We're anxious. But God, we believe that you can take this. So will you take this in Jesus' name? And not only will you take it, but will you replace it with your perfect peace? Will you replace it with comfort? Will you replace it with calm? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we just kept doing it. And here's the crazy thing. It worked. That what we would see is that God would give him immediate release. His balloon would go down. Now, I would like to say that we did it one time and after we did it one time, it was good and done, but that wasn't the case. There was often days where we would do it 15, 20, 25 times a day. Sometimes we would even do it, get done, Jesus' name, amen, go in the other room. Okay, come on, let's go back, okay? Serious. And we just do it over and over and over again. It got to the point where he started asking us, hey, I need to go pray. Okay, come on. We go pray, open up our hands, pray, God, will you take this? Will you give us peace? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'll never forget one time, I felt like it was a breakthrough moment. He looked up at me, demeanor completely changed, smile on his face, no more tears. And he said, I'm not sad anymore. And then he'd go wash his hands like every time. And so like, let's go wash my hands. Okay. And here's the cool thing. What started as like 25 times per week turned into 10 times per week. Then turned into, you know, maybe five times per week. Then one per week. Then one per month. And now we don't even do it that much anymore. And here's why. Because short term, prayer gave him the peace that he needed right there in that moment. But long term, it changed the way that he thought. It literally rewired his brain. And applying Philippians chapter 4 completely changed my little boy's life. And I believe it can change your life too. Here, write this down as a declaration. Write this down. That peace isn't just possible. With Jesus, it is promised. Write that. Now, that's good preaching right there, okay? Write that down and claim that. That can be your life. That peace isn't just possible. It's not just as possible for somebody else. With Jesus, it is absolutely promised. Now, we're going to end a little bit different today. Um, I've actually, I came across this song that I believe like beautifully articulates what this message is all about. And I think it beautifully addresses this subject. And so I've asked the band if they would come and lead us in this song. And then I'm going to come out and I'm going to land the plane of this message. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. You know, what I believe is that this, this song beautifully articulates what we're talking about. So I really want ourselves to posture ourselves in a way to receive. And so, you know, where typically we're standing up and you see a lot of things and 
But what I want to ask, I just want to ask that you stay seated right in your right in your seat and to really focus on the words of this song, to let the words of this song minister to you right where you're at, especially if you or somebody that you know is in that valley of anxiety and to realize that with Jesus, peace isn't just a possibility, it's a promise. And I just wanna just encourage you to receive this. Maybe if you wanna sing, you can do that. But maybe you just wanna sit and just receive this song, okay? So we'll do that. They'll, they'll lead us in this, and then I'll come back up and finish this message out, okay? Thank you. 
After those verses that we read, Paul, sitting in a prison cell, he writes this in verse 11. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content. How amazing would that be? I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Well, Paul, tell me, how do I do that? Whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And then he says this, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, Paul is saying, I've learned how to be content. I've learned how to have peace. I've learned how to be unshakable no matter how much shaking I experience. I've learned how to live life not dominated by anxiety or worry or stress. How? Through Christ. That real, lasting peace can be found in Jesus. In fact, one of the names in the Bible for Jesus is this, Prince of Peace. And today, the Prince of Peace can offer you that if that's you, if I'm reading your mail today and you're like, if you're one of those 75% that feels underwater half the time, I want you to understand that you can experience peace today, that you can experience that peace that you've been desperately searching for, that that is available to you today. All you have to do is invite Jesus into your life, surrender everything to him, and make the decision to follow Jesus to invite the Prince of Peace into your anxiety, into your life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And in this moment, something that we love to do right here is just pause. We don't have to pack up our stuff. We don't have to go anywhere. Let's not miss this moment. I believe right now the Spirit of God is here. And he's speaking to many of you. And right now, just pray and ask God, what does my response need to be today? How's Monday going to look different because of our Sunday? For some of you, maybe it's to, you know, God, I need to, I need to start living what your Bible says. I'm following you, but I need to start implementing this because I'm way down. But some of you, you need to experience the Prince of Peace today. Some of you, maybe you need to make the decision to follow Jesus. 
maybe you've never ever made that decision, you're brand new to church, or maybe you've gone to church, but you never literally crossed that line and never said, I wanna give my whole life to God. I wanna have a relationship with him, not just religion, but I wanna have a relationship with him. And you wanna go all in with God. Maybe you've done that in the past, but you've gone off and you've done your own thing and you've, you've lived life your own way. And maybe even right now, you're way down bad anxiety and stress. And right now you're trying to find your peace. But God says, no, your peace doesn't work. My peace works. And right now you say, I want to give my life to you. I need to experience the Prince of Peace. I need to go all in. I need to make the decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you to the front. But right here in this moment, in this, in this personal moment with God, if you're here and you want to make that decision, whether it's for the first time or I need to rededicate my life to Jesus, and you want to invite the Prince of Peace in, I just want you to just raise your hand right now. Just raise it up high. Just raise it up high. I got you. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. I got you. I got you. That's great. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. You put your hands down and maybe just pray this in your heart. Just pray, Jesus, Prince of Peace, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. Come live inside of me. Change me. God, I repent. I, I change my mind. I change my direction. Will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you, my whole life, 100%. I give you everything, and I choose to follow you today and the rest of my life. Prince of Peace, come into my life. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.